Welcome back to the show. I want to give a quick shout-out to uh, Coach Marvin Menzies and the Kansas City Ruse. They went on the road last night at Denver, 84-69. to That's their fifth win in a row. And they play at Oral Roberts on Sunday with a chance to claim the number two seed in the Summit League. And usually the Summit League will have some team that's like Fifteen and one, or just looks unbeatable in the in the in the conference, right? Well, South Dakota State, they're going to win it. They're eleven and four in the conference, and uh, and the Ruse just beat them a couple of weeks ago, seventy two to sixty seven. They beat South Dakota State. Yep, they won uh, seventy two to sixty seven, and so now, I mean, for the first time in my life. I think the Ruse can go into the conference tournament with a legitimate chance of winning it. They'll be either the two or the three seed with a with a very recent win over the one seed, and they're the, I mean they're on fire. They've won five in a row, and so we'll get Coach Menzies on the show next week. Jake, I'll set it up, but you know, just letting you know, carve a spot out for my guy. Absolutely, and that'll be a lot of fun to watch them. Wouldn't that be awesome if they I'm, could? I'm sad my Leathernecks are no longer part of the well, summer league. That's fine. South Dakota State's good. Yeah. yeah they're they're going to win the conference, but they may not win the conference tournament. Let's go. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, are you thinking, are the people tracking this well? I mean, the deterioration of the Kansas City Star has really affected something like this, it seems like, because when the paper was legitimate and came out with fresh information every morning, uh, you would say, hey, the Ruse played tonight. Hey, the Ruse won last night. And I had no idea what yeah. you and Casey's done. I have no idea. I have no idea. In the right. high school scores, you know, I mean, so many people don't look at the star. I'm just wondering, are they missing out on some local? You get your KUK State, Missouri. There would be Chiefs. Yeah, in the past. Everybody can do that. However, they're yeah. taking in their news or the taking it on X. But this just falls through the crack. I'm embarrassed. Like, I had no idea if Kansas City, as they like to be called, but UMKC is a more traditional name, how they're doing. I have no idea. I, I had no idea how they're doing this year. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think you're a, with a lot of people, and that's why I, I made sure I wanted to mention it because thanks for doing that. They won five in a row, and you know the only reason I pay attention is because that's where I went to school, and that's where Phil goes to school, and I was I emceed their tip off event, and coach has been good, you know, with us and come on the show a few times, um, and so we're going to have him on next week to talk about that because if you got a legitimate chance of winning that thing, wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah. Uh, if they go, huh? if they made it to the conference championship game, I might have to get in the car. Up to eleven I'll hours, I'll, I'll drive. You, you will, you will put your family in the car and drive to watch your school. Oh, I don't know. If I, I'll, I'll put Phil St. John in the car, maybe. There you go. And Selena would go. Julie is in the middle of the track right That's now, right. buddy. She's she's got she's got commitments. By, by the way, she's uh, now she's attempting to be uh, the, the long jump, one of the Ooh. long jumpers. So we'll see. How that works out. Uh, okay, Stan, uh, we didn't get a chance to comment on what the, it looks like the strong possibility of Legereus Sneed being tagged and traded. And by all reports, the Chiefs would be asking for, obviously try to get more, but they'd be asking for at least a second-round pick. And talking with Jesse Newell, 
we, you know, put our heads together and made an ass of ourselves. But we put our heads together and, and kind of decided, okay, if it's a high second round pick, that would probably get it done. If it's a low second round pick, they might have to have something else like a fifth or a sixth round pick. How do you feel about the way it looks like they're going to handle Legereus Sneed at 27 years old? And I've heard a couple of people say, you know, injury concerns. But you know, I'll let I'll let you guys answer that. But um, do you think this is the right approach with Legereus Sneed? Probably so. It may not be a preferred choice. If you had all the options in the world, you'd love to keep him. Right. I don't think any Chiefs coach or administrator is saying, oh, LeJerry Sneed's days are behind him. He's too old. So the idea that, hey, he's 27 years old, will be 28 years old, and it went through this contract, you know, probably get to 30 years old. I get all that. So it's just one of those things you got to pick, and none of the choices that you're presented with are perfect. And, and so you got Chris Jones and LeJerry Sneed. You can't separate the two. You've got to work under the same salary cap. You're the Kansas City Chiefs, so you got to make the decisions. It seems like Sneed was more focused right away with his comments of setting the tone that I probably need to be maximizing my pay right away. And you've got to say that the cornerback position is one where you need three guys every down, every critical down in a game playing well, not just one. And so just because of that factor, you can't ever say there's just one player that's going to turn your whole team around. And the Chiefs have done such a great job of drafting, developing, identifying identifying talent, scheming up things. I don't know, uh, but they have been so good at making guys like Legereus Sneed, Legereus Sneed. Where's he from? You know, what kind of draft pick is he? And look how great he is. For, for his play on the field, I can only say elite. I, I love what he can do. That's a credit to him and Spagnola, because Steve Spagnola can put him in situations where they want their corners to tackle. They want their corners to blitz. They want them to be able to play in a slot and on the outside. They want to have them play man-to-man, but also be ready to switch into other coverages and have that variability. And to be able to put on all those different kind of hats, like Deion Sanders is known as the greatest cornerback ever yeah. by many people. You know what he did? One thing. Walked out, took the best wide receiver man to man all over the field. To be able to do that is incredible. That's okay, a good thing. It's incredible, right? Mm-hmm. But there's no diversity in different hats you have to put on to play. And with the Chiefs, Steve Spagnola says, you know what? You can't do what Deion Sanders did, but I can have you do that 50% of the time. I'm just not going to let the quarterback know when you're going to lock down on the best receiver man to man. And sometimes you're going to blitz, sometimes you're going to have the run fit. You know, sometimes you're going to play a zone, and it might be cover two one time, it might be cover three, three plays later. Think mixing things up and not getting messed up. You know, you know how a receiver gets wide open in the NFL sometimes and gets an easy touchdown. The safety and a corner on aren't on the same page. One of them thinks it's man to man, the other one thinks it's cover two, and there's a wide open receiver, and they look at each other um, and, and say, you know, hey, wait a second, what, what was the real coverage right there? Chiefs don't do that. So, LeJerry Sneed, amazing player. Long, a taller type player, physical, not intimidated. And as Nate swagger. says, he got that dog in him. Yeah, he does. Nate says it all the time. He's got that. He's, he's, let me tell you something. He's, he's mean. And I've had a, he's, he, just yeah. how we treat, how he, how he treated Tyreek Hill. And, and that was, that was one of my favorite moments of the playoffs. Well, he just threw him down on the ground, and he he got. He's in not Tyreke playing Hill's defensive, head. man. He is attacking oh, yeah. them. That's Tyreek Hill. That's Tyreek Hill. 
And the Chiefs know Tyreek Hill. He whipped his ass. And he's playing as well with Miami as he did with the Chiefs. He's the most dominant receiver in the NFL. He's such a dangerous guy. And LeJarrius Sneed's not scared of him at all. He's dictating to him, talking trash to Tyreek. And like Justin Reed and Trent McDuffie both told me after that game in the locker room that that was his, his he, he set the tone. LJ sets the tone. He, you, 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 you'll go over there and see him ragdolling Tyreek Hill, and then it's like, let's go. You know? And they, that's why they dominated the Dolphins. One of the reasons why they dominated the Dolphins' offense. He's a. He does talk a little trash. You could tell, like, he and the, his his opponent, they get into it every once in a while. But he's so understated compared to, like, a lot of the big star corners are these big, like, you know, they, they almost they'll come off like divas just like the wide receivers do. You know, the Jalen Ramseys of the world, they talk a lot. They, they, Legereus Sneed is, is about the action, you know, on the field. His talk is only with the guy that he's going up against. He doesn't run his mouth in the media. He's, he just, he's real. That, yeah. if, there, if you make yeah, a list of guys <laughs> you would not want to cross, right. he's, a, I mean, he's a nice guy. Yeah. He's, he's done stuff with the community. He's had a great re- relationship with Big Brothers, Big Sisters. But if you want to talk about a real guy that you don't want to mess with. F around that, and find out yeah, kind of guy. That's Legereus Sneed. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's yeah. no, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the, and, and, and you can tell the players love him. That's the thing. Because, and Sam, we talk about this all the time, you know, intangibles. What's a guy like in the locker room? You know, what he's setting the tone. He leads by example. Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed are both very important leaders. Chris Jones if you saw the you know the mic'd up for the NFL film, super vocal. He's a guy that's rallying the troops, getting everyone together. And you know, re- remember when in the Super Bowl against the Eagles, he's telling you, you know, you know, telling all the young defensive players, sit down, get some rest. We have to go back out there after that yeah. punt return. We have yeah. to get back out there. Sit down, sit down. Don't be jumping around. We got to get ready. He's a great, but you know, vocally, Legarius isn't like that. But he goes out there and leads by example and just shows you how tough he is and and that's how they follow so they're leaders in different ways and so that's why you know like what you said the perfect world would be they keep both both of them but i just don't think you can right the nfl is so brilliant for so many different reasons and one of them is they make it they make it hard to stay good uh and the flip side is if you have that great quarterback you can stay good, <laughs> you know, but they make it hard. You can't just keep all your guys. But another thing about the NFL is they've gotten uh, an entire employee pool to celebrate the fact that they have no choice as to which team they're going to go to. That's what the NFL draft is, right? This is the greatest honor of my life. I'm going to get to go to the NFL and make millions, but you also... I'm so happy I'm the first pick and get to go to the worst team. Yeah, my family's so happy. Like, what? (laughs) I have no negotiating rights in terms of they're telling me how much I'm going to make and which team I'm going to play for. And, and it's, and and that's brilliant business because the players get up there and they got their suits on and this is the greatest thing ever. And so because of that, you have so many reasons to invest in the draft. The draft matters so much to all teams, but especially teams that have to manage their salary cap because they got a quarterback making a ton of money, and a, and apparently a defensive lineman is going to make a ton of money. And and that's another reason you got to feel so good about being the Chiefs is we all know the draft is a bit of a crapshoot. Even Brett Veach doesn't bat a thousand in the draft, but boy, his batting average is good, isn't it? 
Like, you want to arm that guy with draft picks. You just do. And, and especially I, in the secondary. Right. Right. Like, and their free agent pickups. They have an eye for it, and they develop them. Yeah. Yeah, they know what they want. They know what kind of players that Spags can use, and they develop them. But even if it's – I mean – they they got McDuffie because they traded another guy that they couldn't afford to pay. You know, who who could they get this time around if, you know, and I, you know, multiple draft picks to me would be great because you also know that Brett Veach shows he can get star players in the third and fourth round, especially defensive backs. So it just kind of, it's just kind of the way the league is set up. To play off of what Steven said, even more of the intangibles, because the word analytics, a lot of people want to go that direction. And if you would have gone back 15 years ago before it wasn't a big subject, I would have been the leading analytics guy ever. You know, like, hey, these numbers matter. But we've gone too far with the analytics and not taking into account intangibles. And here's one I'll throw out when you talk about a Chris Jones, for instance, especially because he is truly a superstar. Everyone knows that they think he should be in the Aaron Donald discussion, right, who supposedly is one of the greatest defensive players ever, should be the defensive player of the year every year. You know, that's the, the narrative in, in football. But here's something I'll throw out there about makes Chris Jones so great with the intangibles. You mentioned the stuff that is more simple and direct and what you'd expect, a leader on the sideline, mic'd up, rallying the troops, saying we can still do something, um, rest up. All those things are smart. But sometimes it's what you don't do that's an intangible that makes you so valuable. Think about this and, and see if I'm saying this correctly. One of the greatest attributes that Chris Jones has as a Kansas City Chief and an NFL superstar is that he never mentions that I hear and never has a push for the Kansas City Chiefs defense. See, teams are really in football, an offense and a defense. We act like they're a team, but I'm telling you, they are different rooms. They go against each other in spring football. The coaches do in college football. In the pros, the offense is over here, the defense is over there. It is There's a ton of separation, guys, in their day-to-day routines. They don't have to be integrated at all. And when you got the Kansas City Chiefs offense getting all the love and pub for Andy Reid even being an offensive guy and a guru, to Patrick Mahomes, to Travis Kelsey, what, won't you expect most teams, if they had a good defense and it was really coming on, to be saying, hey, respect our defense. You know, We don't get enough love over here. We're really, really, really good. When the Chicago Bears won in 1985, they didn't want to act like the offense was part of their team. They wanted all the love. It wasn't team love. It was Buddy Ryan and the defense. Do you notice that Chris Jones is actually a team guy and never saying anything about, well, you talk about Patrick Mahomes all the time, but I think you need to talk about our guys a little bit more. There's none of that. That's an unbelievable intangible where he is the leader of the defense. He deserves to get his love. But he and Steve Spagnola both should be thrown in this category. They are so humble. They don't look for any credit for their side of the football. They don't care if Andy Reid. Spagnola doesn't care if Andy Reid gets all the publicity, all the interviews. He would be just fine winning Super Bowls with the Chiefs. That's a humble guy right there. And I think Chris Jones does it. Maybe I'm missing this, but I think that's what makes him so great. Is He's got a smile on his face. He's a leader. He's showing a lot of energy and leadership that deserves everything you said, Stephen, but I'm going to double down on this and say he doesn't show any jealousy to Travis Kelsey. They Patrick seem like Mahomes. good friends. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. How, how great is that? It's awesome. That's not normal. That's right. not normal because this defense should have, if they were a normal NFL team, they'd go, it was a defensive one this year. Don't forget, offense was fine, but we don't have Tyreek Hill, 
and Travis Kelsey didn't even get a thousand yards receiving this year. And it was our defense that led this team. You know, I want to remind you, and we're we're a team, and we've been a team. And no, you don't hear that. The Kansas City Chiefs and everybody in the country, all these Swifties that are brand new to football, you know what they think of the Kansas City Chiefs? Patrick Mahomes in the offense, right. Andy Reid in the offense. That's our theme, right? They like Pacheco a lot. Just, yeah, because he's mad he's, at the ground. I love that one when they said he's, he's mad at the ground when he runs. He's super popular with the Swifties. Just <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. I don't. Well, look at the way he runs. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it stands out. So you, you see what I'm saying? Do you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, dude, he's, I mean, he is like... A, he doesn't show any jealousy yeah. or saying, why don't you talk about us more? What superstar wouldn't say that? Because they, all we talk about is Patrick Mahomes, MVP, won another Super Bowl. And he's like, the defense won the Super Bowl. The defense is the, the, the part of this team that won this year. We're the great part of the team. If you said, give us what the percentages were, 55% defense, 45% offense, something like that, leaving out special teams for a moment. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just think he's great. He just has a smile on his face. He plays. He leads. He wants to be a chief. And he has no jealousy toward the theme of the Chiefs was his offense, Andy Reid. I'm going to, let me see. I can't believe I found this clip. Praise me, Jake. I'm, I want to, I want to, it's, it's just a small clip of uh, Kelsey and Chris Jones. Make sure, check for the curse words, Jacob, of Travis Kelsey going up to Chris Jones and embracing him right after they won the Super Bowl. You know, and he he went and he, Kelsey was looking. He went and found Chris Jones, and went up to him because there were still at least somewhat that thought because they were mentioning the Broncos. Hey, this could be Chris Jones' last game in a Chiefs uniform, and hopefully that's not the case. But Kelsey went out of his way to go find Chris Jones in all the hysteria after the Super Bowl, and I I, I don't I, I loved it. This is Kelsey embracing Chris Jones right after they beat the Forty ers this uh, past year. Way to lead us, dog. I love you. You're the greatest to ever do it in my eyes, baby. Ever to do it, dog. He was just saying, way to lead us. Way to lead us. You're the greatest to ever do it, dog. I love you. And that's Kelsey, that's Kelsey talking telling to Jones. Chris Jones. Because Jones could say the same thing to Kelsey, right? Right. right. That is t- greatest tight end but ever that just, do it. The, yeah. Just like you said, the, the, the reverence that well, Travis Kelsey has. And look, they all love each other. But Kelsey ain't going up to everyone and say, you're the greatest to ever do it. I love you. Way to lead us. Way to lead us, dog. Those you know? are the three guys that you'll associate with winning all three Super Bowls, right? I mean, they're the three big stars. Players. Yeah. Yeah. That's Yes. Three players. 100%. But maybe contributing to what you said. The shared experience they've had where when the Chiefs offense was great and the defense wasn't, they couldn't get past the Patriots, right? And then when they, even though the the offense was the driving force behind the first two Super Bowls, if it wasn't for plays by Chris Jones in the Super Bowl, in the AFC Championship game, Travis Kelsey knows damn well they're not going to the Super Bowl no matter how good their offense was. So he appreciated it back then. And then this time around, the defense being the one that carries it, and Chris Jones knows if we don't have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, our defense isn't enough to win the Super Bowl. So they understand from an experience together. And one of the cool things, too, about about Andy Reid and the way that culture is, early in their careers, both of those guys, if you would have said early in Travis Kelsey's career, he's going to be one of the best leaders in the NFL, a lot of people would have said, you're nuts. Guy's a knucklehead. Chris Jones fell to the second round because – you know, maturity issues, and, and did he have the engine? Did he have the motor? Did he have the desire to play that position uh, the way that you need to, to to be a winner? 
And now these we're talking about these two guys as two of the all-time leaders in the NFL. Is that credit to Andy Reid? Is that I mean, who, you know, for seeing that those guys could be that helping? Is it just credit to those guys because they grew as human beings over the time? A little bit of all of it. I mean, isn't that well, pretty every wild? human being deserves a credit if they're able to take the coaching, mentorship opportunities. So you have to give them credit. Yeah. But the leaders that can more than likely create those situations are so brilliant it's off the charts. They're they're the special human beings in the world. And that Andy Reid can funnel a group of all different types with different outcomes across the board and then bring out one of the best outcomes from them and his coaching staff. Uh, and his coaching staff, but that's he picks them as well. Yep. The fact that he can do that is just off the charts. And then for them to get along, that's a whole other layer that makes him better than other coaches. Because uh, a Bill Belichick could put you in a position, hey, Nate, you never thought about this, but you ought to do this, and you're like, I don't know if I can do that, and you could be great at it. But for you to have the love of it the way and appreciation from others – that rarely happens, and Andy Reid even has them doing that, you know, that they appreciate each other. Still, I'll just say, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable, but he would not have been this good in the NFL if he didn't have the right situation and mainly the right coach, Andy Reid. It just, yeah, he could have yeah. gone someplace else to Cleveland or something. <laughs> Houston. And he would have been so feisty, so dangerous, so fun to watch, and would have the best 9-8 and eight football team you could ever imagine to go win a playoff game or two, but not winning any Super Bowl championships. And Andy Reid, so that's the best example right there, what he did to Patrick Mahomes, because he's done it with all these quarterbacks. Donovan McNabb ended up being a lot better quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles than he would have been without Andy Reid there. He had Michael Vick, wild and crazy Atlanta. Look at the highlight reels of him running Atlanta. They're there. I mean, Michael Vick was explosive as you can get. But was he refined enough to hit the post pattern like he did when he was with the Eagles and start throwing the ball deep accurately? I mean, look what he did with Alex Smith. Alex Smith was broken. Super smart dude who'd been coached so poorly and put in the NFL washer of overhyped number one pick to, what, six different coordinators in six years. Um, and They needed and, each other. And Patrick Mahomes beat him out, so Alex had to leave. But Alex's passing numbers and – quarterback rating and deep throwing ability and all those things in his last season as a starter were off the charts. Andy just was continuing to open his mind up and open his mind up. And I'll say this. Everyone says, before Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid cannot win the big one. Andy Reid's just good enough to get you close. He's not one of the elite coaches. Time management, whatever you want to say. Too much of an offensive guy. Wanted to throw the ball too much. Think of all the criticisms, because now you guys are arguing, is he the greatest coach ever? That was not true when Alex Smith was quarterbacking right, right. the Kansas City Chiefs. And people said, you can't win with Alex Smith. I propose to you, Andy Reid and Alex Smith might have won a Super Bowl as well. You're not going to get me on that one. Okay. I, I, I don't think they would have made it to the championship game. I just, But I just wasn't an Alex but, Smith fan. Well, I understand it, but do you see what... His last year, what he did to him? Right. But he then, opened his eyes up to throwing the ball downfield, taking more risks. But then in the playoffs, he w went back to being Alex Smith. I just, I, just, I just think you don't that think, you think the Chiefs would have not won a Super Bowl with Andy and Alex? No. Okay. I think they I think because they, I think they needed each other because, you know, to unlock all these things and to unlock his full potential as an offensive genius, he needed Patrick Mahomes who could do everything, right, who could – 
throw. To, I mean, I would look. Hey, I'm, so we should discount Andy Reid's coaching ability when we talk about him being the number one coach, like everyone's trying to do no. with Belichick. No, well, Belichick no. didn't win unless you had Brady. Yeah, but no, but, because 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 Andy Reid's body of work without Patrick Mahomes is far better than Belichick's body of work without Tom Brady. Yeah, he did, Belichick did not have that level of success in Cleveland, and now you've seen in New England he's he's fallen apart. He went down the drain. Andy Reid would still like like Marty Schottenheimer. I think was a great Hall of Fame coach, but he never got to the Super Bowl, and he he also never had the quarterback that was necessary to get to the Super Bowl. But I still think he's a great coach. Andy Reid was a great coach. He got to the Super Bowl. I don't know if he wins it without Patrick Mahomes, but he needed Mahomes. To, to take that next step, I mean, I, you know. It's an interesting argument because throwing water on Belichick's resume means you got to throw water on Andy Reid's resume. Not as you, much. Well, I mean, just, but you got to say, you're basically saying that Andy Reid would not have ever won a Super Bowl if Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have come along. Well, he went so, to one. I, I don't no, think you he, said, but you guys are saying he wouldn't have won one with Alex Smith or. Well, not with Alex Smith. Alex I mean, Smith. maybe they draft somebody else. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Josh Allen, I think he would. Justin Herbert, I think he'd win a Super Bowl with Maybe, Josh yeah. Allen. Justin Herbert. So you're down on Alex Smith more than you are than anything. I, That's I, the comment yeah, here. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because you have to be at something. I mean, I think I think Patrick Mahomes. They would have won the playoff game against Tennessee if Mahomes started. I just wasn't. I think wasn't they would have won the game know. if Travis Kelsey stayed healthy too. Isn't that the one um, where he got hurt before half? Yeah. And yeah, the offense fell apart. Yeah. Um, well, Andy's Andy's incredible, making these guys better. Yeah, no, he's fa- he's he's fantastic, and like, but like I said, the, the, just look, look the, the, the Patriots are god awful. They now. don't even make the playoffs without without Tom Brady. Look how they fell off without Tom Brady. Andy, that would never happen to Andy Reid. Andy Reid would still have a team. He. In the playoffs, winning 10 or 11 games or he, more, he immediately turned the Chiefs into a perennial playoff team, and they were a joke right when, when he got here. Over. You know, I think Belichick, if he would have walked away when Tom Brady walked away, his reputation would have been intact. His reputation to me has been so damaged by, you know, what he did without Tom Brady and what Brady did Is without because him. because he's a bad general manager or a bad coach? Well, I do think that, well, we got a break. <laughs> and, and, just a, and after you get done with your run with your great quarterback, when Patrick Mahomes keeps pushing his money back, guys, then you get affected by the salary cap. Right. You're going to pay, and I'm not making this case that you're getting all the benefit now and you're going to get pummeled later. That's not true. That's not true at all. But there's going to be some extra hangover money when you're done with that great Super Bowl run that's, that these guys had. But what kind of quarterback would he need compared to what he has? I'm not as down on Belichick as you guys because he was a dominant coach when he was an assistant defensive coordinator with the Giants. His Cleveland story, go study it more closely, they got they – got said that they're leaving town. They were fine. They were growing and getting good. And then they said, you're leaving to Baltimore. And all hell broke loose. Go watch that. There's a show about it. You see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm right. more on Belichick, not taking down Andy Reid at all. I'm, I'm, if Belichick had a better quarterback or maybe was a better general manager or didn't have the overlay of the salary cap kind of mingling into their current team, um, so anyway, that's what happened to Andy in Philly, though, right? He needed to step away from being so much of a GM and being more of a coach. And isn't that why Bill Belichick didn't get hired in this cycle? The people didn't want to work with him. And he wants to come in, and he just didn't want to be the head coach. He wants to be everything. 
And that's a feather in Andy's cap, that he somehow can be everything and make it seem like he's not, and everyone love him. Right. Because Andy Reid, if he were in a cycle right now, they would have hired him. Well, sure. Because Belichick, everybody in the room, in the complex is saying, I hope we don't hire him. I mean, the owner gets to decide, but supposedly everyone who works for organization X, Y, or Z was going, I sure hope they don't hire this guy. No one was looking forward to Belichick coming in and being there. If Andy Reid were out there... I don't think that's the way it would be. Everyone in the organization would be like, get Andy, get Andy, bring him in here. And that's a credit to Andy, especially with the modern type of coaching, because you just can't Vince Lombardi him and kick their butts and say, you'll love me later, hate me now. And Belichick's a little bit from that old school. Andy's totally got this. Like, it's okay for me to trick him and get him to do what I wanted and for them to love me. Jacob is, is dying to say, I know we have to break, but say, say what you're going to say. No, I just I, I just think their personalities and their approaches are so different. And you look, and, and here's another thing that is a knock on Belichick. Look at the success of his assistant coaches and coordinators. There's non-existent. I mean, who's the best Who's the best coach to come out of his tree? I'm waiting. I would say that in, in a debate, though, that makes he's, means he's even a better coach because he cannot, he's not in, He's not empowering them with information because they can't do what he does. He is a once-in-a-lifetime type of dude. Does that make sense? He is so much smarter than them it, that he can't teach them. It does, but on the converse, how much do those guys learn from Andy Reid to make them better coaches to be successful in the NFL? No, I, I agree. Being a great mentor and teaching others is a great quality that Belichick probably doesn't have. But I don't think the other guys can take on and know what Bill Belichick knows. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, there's no real way you want, to know. You want a guy to be someone who makes the world better and, and makes a lot of people carry your knowledge, then Andy Reid's your guy. But if you just want elite, unbelievable thought process that's different than everyone else, I'm just saying. Well, who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Kareem Abdul Jabbar. No. Michael Jordan. The, Michael Jordan. The, Michael Jordan made the players around him better. Yes. And Andy Reid. In the game. Yeah, and Andy Reid. But you're talking about co- coaching trees a little different. Well, coaching is coaching in the game. Don't, I'm not trying to cut down Andy Reid at all. I'm just these we accidentally went all over these different places. But you make a great point. That but Andy Reid's assistants are they kicking it right now? And they're making the playoffs. They're you know, I don't know Harbaugh. You know, he did pretty good and went to the. You counting Harbaugh as an Andy Reid guy? He was the special teams coordinator for the Eagles, right? Oh, John. Okay, I'm, yeah. I was on the gym. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, John. That's a great example because he's a great head coach. I mean, and Andy Reid's kind of preventing his assistants from getting to the Super Bowl. He just went through McDermott and John Harbaugh, <laughs> and so it's it's you know, the the student can't be the teacher. And so, if it wasn't for Andy Reid, his <laughs> disciples would have more success. Andy Reid's incredible. Incredible and very deserving of being discussed as the greatest coach ever. And Belichick's incredible. They're both incredible. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're talking about whether or not which one's the best coach of all time. Yeah, I mean, that, that means they're both pretty amazing. Right. We'll take a break. Back after this on WHB. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Stan, before we ask you about uh, college basketball, was there anything else you wanted to get off your chest about the Chiefs or anything that's going on right now? It's, it was an eventful, headline-filled week for the Chiefs. There's a lot, a lot we haven't even talked about. So I mean, the uh, the renderings, 
the upgrades that Nate's so excited about. Nate's been raving about this walkway. He won't stop talking about it. We've asked him to. He still won't. Um, you've got the, the NFLPA grades that came out. Uh, so if there's anything that you would like to give your thoughts on, because it's a, it's a smorgasbord, right? It really is. <laughs> That's why I almost feel bad picking. I saw someone yesterday who listens a lot uh, to the Border Patrol, or at least I know they listen on Fridays because they always quote back what I was talking about. And Bless you. Out there. They said, what are you going to talk about tomorrow? Yeah. And I said, it's almost I too much. have no idea. We never talk about what we're going to talk about. I never suggest <laughs> anything. I'm just here, live radio, to say whatever you guys want to talk about was probably the best thing to talk about. And I have no idea what you're going to talk about. You don't send me any notes. And that may surprise people. So they may think we're not doing a very professional job, or at least me. But I feel very comfortable with that. So you're putting me in a situation where, like, oh, now I need to choose. And I could choose a 100 things, right? So... I feel bad having to choose. We don't have that many minutes left. I like to hear. I what, think uh, you know resonates the, with somebody. The vote, uh, three eight cents sales tax vote to say, do you want to extend that tax or have a new tax for a long period of time? Is uh, only going to be voted by people in the county, so it doesn't matter what the whole metropolitan area thinks about this. Yeah, that's what you got to remember. So I don't know how the vote's going to go. I think the Chiefs carry a lot of weight in town. I've heard people say, I don't know if I really want to vote for this. I generally don't want to vote for it, but I'm going to reward the Chiefs. So I think the Chiefs carry a lot of weight. It appears to me that when you think about this, the Royals have a, a reason, a plan, a strategy uh, that they really want to move and head downtown and there's a lot of logic for that. So it's time for them to talk about getting this thing done so they can get a stadium built at, at least before their con, their lease runs out. And then it seems like the Chiefs aren't in that mode, but they have to be along for the ride because if there's going to be $100 out there and they get 50 of it, they're going to jump in and say, we're in. So it, it seems like the Chiefs aren't the leaders on this, and their plans kind of – fall into that category, like, hey, we better put something together because we got all this money coming in. We better do something. What should we do? And it's not right in the wheelhouse. They're trying to win Super Bowls and do salary cap work more than they are saying what's the future plans of Arrowhead Stadium. But you can't you can't miss out on this, right? So it'll be very interesting to see. It's a little bit underwhelming. The, those, uh, those plans didn't excite you? Did you all fire no, up? not the no. Chiefs. And, and there's things about the Royals as well. When you talk about eminent domain and you know, they can take the Kansas City Star building. That's easy because the Star doesn't – the printing press is going to be torn down. They need to sell to someone. It makes all the sense in the world. But the footprint of the stadium is bigger, so what are they going to do? They're going to take businesses out. And that's not any fun to be a part of, right, to say you got a nice little business. But for the good of the whole area, we're going to buy your business out. And you go, you get money. Well, you don't want money. I got this location. I want to be here. So they – It'll be very interesting to see how it all goes down, and uh, I don't have. A, I assume that the the Chiefs will carry the day, and the fans will be voting yes. But I thought Frank White, who's been battered by many people that I hear talking about it, as the executive of J- Jackson County, you know, there's, there's a lot of people just say he's been in the way, uh, you know, throwing out nails in front of the tire or something about the Royals and. You know, the fact is some of the things that he's talked about are very logical. And the one that came up that's the biggest is 
if you're going to pay all this money to the Chiefs and the Royals to have them play their games in your county, you need to guarantee that their home offices are in that county. And the fact that Frank White brought that up is brilliant. And that is not in play right now. There's not anything in a contract. There's not an agreement between the Royals and Chiefs that takes it further. Right now, you think of the Chiefs being at Arrowhead, right? You see the practice field facility, Stephen. And it used to be in Arrowhead. They used to use the home locker room every day of the week. Back when I was there, I was in the Chiefs. I used to audit the Chiefs' books. I, I've been there and done the NFL audit and their financial audit for the Chiefs. I did that for four years. And I was there every day. And that's where the whole headquarters were. Everything was in Arrowhead Stadium. But then he moved just down the block, and it seemed like so natural. But let, let me use the Dallas Cowboys, who know how to make money better than anybody in the world. Where's their stadium? Arlington. And what's it called? AT&T Stadium. Boom. Do they practice out on the parking lot or have a nice facility over there? By I mean, They practice in Frisco. Exactly. They have a whole different complex in Frisco. a world-class complex in Frisco. So they are taking money from two different governmental entities and maximizing the Cowboys' value. Those players go to AT&T Stadium only those ten times a year to play those games. Okay? They go daily to Frisco, and they took an area at Frisco, and now it is the place to be. Hotels, businesses, everything else. Because Dak Prescott is driving there and walking around that area every day. That needs to be in Jackson County. So Frank White's correct. And like so many things in life, my statement about life is there are two sides to the story, and both sides are really, really valuable. And it's like 51-49 when you start picking. But so often we pick sides and just say and, and make it 100% to zero, right? It should be 51-49 in almost all discussions. That Frank White is bringing up some good things for taxpayers. Everyone's acting like he's just an old royal, mad at the royals. No, he's talking about some legitimate stuff. They should... The Chiefs and the Royals should agree that they will have no other facilities that they use outside of Jackson County as home bases, practices, or anything else for the whole time that the county's given them money. Because they could go over to Overland Park and put a giant complex together, get a ton of money from Kansas, and we would all be celebrating. Be, from where we sit, could be five minutes away to see, hey, there's Patrick Mahomes. He comes by here every day. He goes to this coffee shop every day before he runs in. Wouldn't it be the greatest thing in the world to say, look, Arrowhead's cool, and so is this facility over here. But they shouldn't be in different counties. So I think my point is, listen to everybody. Everyone has good points. I have no agenda on it. I hope everyone gets along. But even Frank White, who seems to be the easy one in my discussions that I hear to be thrown underneath the bus, like he's been in the way of trying to see progress. No, he's talking about representing the taxpayers in a good way. And that's the easiest example for me to give. There might be five more that I don't know about, but don't, doesn't that one make sense? Yes. Okay. Can you um, can I play a clip for for you from the NFL scouting combine? Oh yeah. Do you? How much weight do you put into like what a prospect says and and at the podium? Like if you like if it, I mean you 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 love him on the field. You, he tests very well, but then you get him in front of a microphone and maybe... If it confirms what I see on the field, then I value it immensely. Do you, so if it's contracting, it's, if it's contrasting what they are on the field, then I just say, probably not going to go down that path because I care what they do on the field more. Do you have uh, anything to say, Texas Tech defensive back Taylor Owens? Does anything pop in your mind when you when you hear that name? Is it... 
Sorry you have to walk off the field after losing to K-State every there, year. There, there you go. That's right. I mean, I, I have nothing he's, specific, he's, specific. Okay, so he's at the microphone. Okay. You might like to say, hey, I like him as a prospect. Right. And I, I asked Nate. Jake, if he becomes a chief, I'll like him too. If there's if just, if you, if you, this would be at all a red flag for you. Here's here's Texas Tech defensive back Taylor Owens when he was at the uh, podium answering questions from the media at the scouting combine. You guys are discussing that you don't believe in. No, I don't believe in space. I'm like, you know, it's about her religion. So I think, like, where you going right now, I don't believe in, like, uh, playing this and stuff like that. You know? what, 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 what led you to that point, to believe that? Well, like, I really, I thought you should believe in, like, the heliocentric thing, like, he needs some power and stuff. But then, like, I started seeing, like, flat earth stuff. I'm like, that was kind of interesting. And then they start bringing up valid points. So, the sound quality was not great there, but that's uh, he's telling us that he doesn't really believe in outer space or other planets, and that he's been uh, studying some flat Earth theorists, and they make some valid points, but he does not believe there to be outer space or other planets. Is that something that would <laughs> cause you to... Uh, we have no effect Pause. on my uh, zero. I have no problem with stupid comments that have nothing to do with football. <laughs> I mean, maybe you just said earlier, if they were listening, I don't know, does everyone listen to every minute of the show? I assume not. But earlier, Nate, you said, who would have thought that Travis Kelsey would be the leader that he is? When you thought of him as the college guy and what he was doing before Andy Reid grabbed him by the neck. So, you know, I, this would not concern no, me no. at all. Well, I mean, it yeah. seems like... If he hits people and makes plays and makes interceptions, hey, I, I love football players. I've been in the locker room. We are not the smartest people in the world. Yeah. Okay? You just need everybody on the team to buy into what you're selling. And it sounds like you can convince this guy of some crazy of anything. things. So, you know, yeah. Like, we, you know what? This is a guy we can persuade. And it doesn't take that much. Right. I'm, a, I'm afraid. Like, if he can be persuaded easily by some goofy stuff on the Internet about the world being flat, then, maybe, you know, we could probably sell him on our defensive scheme, you know? I'm, a, I'm afraid. Is this... Is this Okay, I think maybe this this might be doesn't believe in outer space. This is better sound quality because damn it, it's just it just hits different when you hear him say it. I'm 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 gonna go ahead and make this. I'm afraid to ask this question, but here I go, Jake. Do you believe in outer space and planets? Do you believe there's other planets? I don't really know. There it is. (laughs) There we go. And I love Jake just as much after he said that. I've I've never seen outer space. What do you see at night when you look up at the sky? The firmament above. Just like you've been close to outer space, right? Just like the Bible tells me, the firmament above and the firmament below are the stars. Yeah, they're there. Do you believe in the moon? What about the moon? That it exists. (laughs) I see a plasma disc in the sky. Do you think the moon is made of cheese? (laughs) I don't believe man has walked on the moon. No. You really don't believe that? No. Okay. Here we go. How are you doing, Stan? <laughs> How bad do you want to leave now? Well, I, I've seen some good videos on that. Are they good? They can they they stage that stuff. I've seen Space they, Odyssey 2001. That looks pretty good. Oh, boy. No. I'm just... <laughs>
<laughs> why, you know this what? is exactly the, what Stephen why, wanted to why do. Haven't been back? Why haven't we been back? Why, why the, would hey, we? Hey, <laughs> what do you think? Things have changed? Hey, Jake. <laughs> All I'm saying is I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I'm not saying it has happened. You just don't believe it. Jake, I just here, don't know. Here's what I think, Jake. Those kind of things and that part of your brain and thought process is totally yours and has nothing to do with the connectivity we ought to have. That's right. Everyone's looking for why we should be different, and I say, why should we be able to work together? Mm-hmm. So you love the NFL. I you do. love sports. I do. You love this show in the morning. My favorite. You like working for Sports Radio 810 and it's Union Broadcasting. No, he does now. Blasting out, you know. So those are the things that we can connect on and love. So I have no – you have – so much of your life that you can lead however you want to has nothing to do with what I think oh, about you. and he does. So yeah. you and I do things like, what, whatever, 50% to 90% of our lives are, like, totally different. And yet I feel so close to you because we find that connectivity. Is that, right. Am I overstating that? I'm no, showing but, too much love. Like, hey, dude, I don't even like you. You oh, might say you don't even like me. I, I don't love know. you. But also know that you're a man of faith and you, have, you believe in something bigger than, than this world here, and so do I. And I think that ties us together. Boom. That and the NFL. That and the NFL. And maybe the moon. Um, so off to Full Cincinnati. Moon. Off to Cincinnati. Big giant game for K-State. Must win, right? Well, I don't know what must wins mean. You know, you know how. Because if you, if you beat KU and Iowa State next week, it doesn't matter. But anyway, this game is. that fool? KU is not going to win point, the conference, though. but they rightfully are saying we want to be in a top four. Okay? That's mm-hmm. a big deal for KU. Don't be fifth place. K-State. You don't want to be 11th, 12th, 13th, or 14th. And Cincinnati's one of the teams that's right there in a battle. So take care of them by beating Cincinnati on the road, and then you can get back to thinking about middle of the conference, seventh place is available, 9-9 nine and nine in conference, and, oh, by the way, the NCAA tournament. They're all possibilities for K-State. But taking care of Cincinnati takes care of the bad part of the probabilities and gets you to think only about the good as they go into next week. So giant game against Cincinnati on the road, and if K-State wins... They'll have three straight wins. And not very many teams find three-game winning streaks at any point in this conference. You're going to get yourself a big bowl of that Skyline Chili before the game? No, I have no interest. Nate told me it was awful. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Win in Rome. Yeah. I don't know. Is that all they're known for? Is there something better there? Not really. Kentucky's on the other side of the I think Cincinnati's kind of a cool town. I've only been a couple times. Kentucky's so close that we're staying in Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. That's a better place to stay. Isn't that amazing? Stay across the river. Oh, that's like Kansas City, where you got two different states right here. Better over there. Kansas City, have a great weekend. That's uh, Stan Weber on his way to Cincinnati. Back after this on WHB.